listeners, and welcome to the Historia podcast. My name is Stephanie, and this is episode 10, Coney 2012. Um, First off, I would like to wish you all a very happy new year. I wish you all the very best uh, for this coming year and hope that you get everything that you wish for. Um, Hopefully I don't sound like shit in this episode. I... I'm recording this on New Year's. I literally just got back from a party. I'm pretty drunk. And I realized that the audio for this episode was corrupt. So I have to re-record it. So I figured I might as well do that. Plus it's like quarter to three in the morning and I have nothing else to do. So Um, before we get into the episode, we have to obviously get through our shameless plugs. Um, so you could help support the podcast by becoming a member on either Buy Me A Coffee or Patreon, uh, for $5 a month. And, um, or you can also donate to us, uh, through Buy Me A Coffee. They have a donation feature on there. Um, our citations for this episode and other episodes will be available for members um, on both platforms and they are available for purchase on Buy Me A Coffee. Um, Members will also get access to a a private group chat that I've been creating um, as well as our private Instagram group. Uh, where you can upload your pictures and stuff like that. You know, if you've got a small business and stuff and you want to promote that, by all means, you could do that there. Um, and uh, you can also follow us on Instagram at The Historia Podcast. And of course, if you could please subscribe to us on whatever platform you're currently listening to us on, um, I would greatly appreciate that, plus a review and a rating please and thank you. Um, And as always, you can find the links to this and others in the show notes um, below or beside or wherever they are um, on the platforms. And uh, now that we've gotten our shameless plugs aside, let's get into the episode. Uh, So I'm going to be dating myself a little bit here when I'm talking about this topic But I was actually in my second, it's either my first or second year of college. And I remember, I distinctly remember logging on to Facebook when it was still a very big deal. And on my timeline or my feed, I was seeing a bunch of red posters in different forms um, saying Coney 2012 and nobody's putting any captions. You don't really know what it's about. So I didn't actually pay attention to it. Um, and then the next time I saw this was when I went to a club and I'm not even joking when I say this, but every single stall inside and outside had a bunch of these stickers that just said Coney 2012 all in the mirrors, the hand dryers, like on the walls, in the washroom, they were just Coney 2012 stickers all over the place. And like, it was pretty insane. Like even the washroom at McDonald's, when we went for like our drunk burgers after, 
even the tables that we ate on had um, stickers stuck to them. Um, and what I eventually learned is that this 30-minute documentary, doc- documentary created by Invisible Children, um, ultimately aimed to bring the actions of a Ugandan cult leader, I was about to say cunt leader, but <laughs> a Ugandan cult leader um, by the name of Joseph Kony to light, and this documentary was just like, it was going around everywhere, everyone was talking about it, including a lot of celebrities like Justin Bieber, Rihanna, um, and Kim Kardashian. So Joseph Rao Kony was born sometime in the early 1960s in Odek, Uganda, to a middle-class farming family. Uh, he had dropped out of school, and in 1987, he formed the Lord's Resistance Army, or LRA. Uh, The LRA is an insurgent group that used guerrilla tactics to try and overthrow the Ugandan government, which since 1986 has been led by Yari Musueni. Um, I might have mispronounced that, but... um, So Kony ultimately... uh, Kony believed that he was God's right-hand man, and what he essentially spoke for God. Uh, His goal was to overthrow the government and rule the country based on the Ten Commandments and other biblical principles. Um, After a series of terror attacks, Kony was ultimately exiled from Uganda and he had moved into South Sudan. And... To date, he is still considered one of Africa's most notorious and most wanted warlords. Over the course of this time, he's been accused of kidnapping almost 66,000 children and turning them into either child soldiers or sex slaves. And between 1986 and 2009, about 2 million people were displaced by his actions, and it's estimated that over 100,000 people were killed. In 2005, charges were laid against Kony by the International Criminal Court, um, but he was never captured. And one of the last two things that we have heard about him was that at some point in 2013, he became sick. And in 2017, he was still in hiding, but his forces had drastically drastically dropped to about 100 people. And at that point in time, the USA and Uganda no longer considered him a risk, so they essentially stopped hunting for him. Um, so as mentioned, the point the whole point and essentially the goal of the documentary was to bring Kony's actions um, to light and to have him arrested by the end of 2012 which obviously has never happened um, when it was released the documentary spread around the world like wildfire and its campaign resulted in the US Senate sending troops to the African Union 
Um, as part of the Invisible Children's campaign uh, to spread awareness, they announced an event on April 20th called Cover the Night. And they had sold, um, like there were buttons, posters, they had bracelets, t-shirts, stickers, and as I mentioned, like, you know, stickers. And they told participants to perform some form of local charity, some act of local charity within their community. And once they've done that, they can go around the city, you know, putting up posters and stickers and I don't know, handing out flyers, just trying to make the public more aware of the situation and, um, you know, essentially asking them to get involved. Um, the turnout for the event was extremely small in a lot of locations, primarily because there was a lack of communication. And a lot of people who genuinely wanted to participate in these in this event didn't know who to turn to to join a group or if there was one even available in their area. Um, I do recall during my research, there was an article that said that there was a Facebook group for a university in Victoria, um, or sorry, not Victoria, uh, Vancouver here in Canada, and they only had, like, I think 40, between 40 to 50 people who actually showed up um, to take part of this, like, within the the whole city. Um, But one thing that I did actually, I had to search around for this for a bit, and I've actually had to confirm with my friends, but... I quite distinctly remember the price for the merchandise being just ridiculously high. For a college student who, I mean, using myself as an example, who really only had like 800 bucks to spend on like, you know, food and clothes and all that, like, sorry, yeah, food and clothes and all that sort of thing, I wasn't about to spend... 40 US dollars on a t-shirt um it just didn't seem it didn't seem right and I think a lot of people didn't buy stuff because of how expensive it was um there were a few mixed responses to the campaign while there were some that praised the organization's determination to bring Coney's actions to light They were criticized for simplifying the events, providing everyone with essentially a brief synopsis of the events and engaging in what's now called slacktivism, uh, which is using social media to share and garter attention, a lot like the activism we see today on social media. Um, And they were also criticized for being misleading. There were a lot of people who were under the impression that there is this God-fearing cult leader who was running around Africa with a shit ton of kids, but in reality, at the time of the video's release, he only had a couple hundred people under, like, you know, working with him. Um, This whole thing was a fad or like a TikTok trend. 
everyone's doing it, it becomes oversaturated on your page and then it just disappears. But in classic, you know, early 2010s fashion, the rumor mills began to churn. And the one rumor that I very distinctly remember was people were claiming that this entire thing was a hoax. Um, And it also didn't help that around the time that this rumor was going around, there was another video that had gotten released. And I personally think, looking back now, I personally think that maybe this could be another reason why a lot of people um, didn't participate in Cover the Night. Uh, So, Jason Russell was the co-founder of Invisible Children, and towards the end of March 2012, TMZ released a video of Jason Russell naked in the middle of the street, making sexual gestures and losing his fucking mind in in, in the middle of the street in San Diego, Um, and he was taken into custody and hospitalized. After that video got out, you really didn't hear anything of them. Um, uh, a lot of people who I saw that were post, like just constantly posting things about this stopped. Everything they posted were was deleted and stuff like that. Um, you didn't really hear much about them, like I said, minus a few minor interviews on smaller shows during that year. Uh Since then, there hasn't been any news, but they are still an active organization and they are currently working to reunite the children of um, the children who were taken by Coney with their families. Um, But yeah, it, it was that whole literally, I think it was over this. All of this was just over the course of. I would say from the time I heard it to the complete end, that was maybe three and a half weeks, maybe, of all of this going on. Um, actually, the other day when I went out for a walk in the freaking cold, of course, because this is Canada and it's, you know, December, well, now January, but... Um, there's still a Coney 2012 sticker stuck on a green box uh, in the park by my house. It's still, it's quite faded, um, but if you look closely at it, you can actually make out um, the faces and stuff like that. And you can still see the words Coney 2012, um, which is, I guess it kind of makes it like a relic at this point, but... Uh, yeah, but I know this episode's kind of short, but, you know, short and sweet. <laughs> Thank you very much, everyone, for listening to the first episode of this 2023 year. Um, again, I wish you all the very best uh, for this year, and I hope all of your dreams and wishes come true. Um, I wish you all lots of health and love and happiness, and I hope that, you know, you gain a lot of wealth, whether it's, um, you know, 
physical money, which I hope we all could get right now in this fucking climate, economic climate, but, um, you know, just all other sort of wealth that you can gain. (laughs) Um, again, thank you very much for listening to the episode. If you would like to support the podcast again, you can subscribe to us on whatever platform you're currently listening to us on. Um, if you have any book recommendations, comments, complaints, whatever it may be, uh, you can send that out to uh, the Historia Podcast at, sorry, the Historia Podcast and the number two at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, have a great night, everyone. Talk to you soon. Um, yeah, so actually, before we go, The next episode will be released in two weeks. I have been hopefully doing very well (laughs) when it comes to getting them out regularly. I know I kind of dumped a few episodes um, towards the end of the month in December, Um, but I am hoping to now go forward and stick to the bi-weekly schedule. Um, So please make sure to follow us on whatever platform you're listening to. And I hope to talk to you all soon. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye.